With that familiar theme song, we're reminded it's time once again for the Harvest Time Gospel Broadcast. This is a daily broadcast with special emphasis on missions and world evangelization under the direction of Dr. Stenny Ballou of Resaca, Georgia. And now, here is Brother Ballou and today's broadcast. Thank you and greetings, radio friends. What a joy and privilege it is to come to your place of listening and share together with you another Harvest Time broadcast. I praise the Lord for this open door, this heaven of privilege that our Lord allows us day after day together via the radio to open God's eternal word and to study the word of God together. I trust that if it's at all possible, you'll take the time out, get your Bible and follow along with us as we open the word of God today. We're continuing our study on the great Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Several days ago, we began looking at this subject. And we started out, first of all, by dealing with a great sin. And we looked at Adam and Eve and their sin in the garden. And then we began looking at the great Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We looked, first of all, at his supernatural birth. And then we looked at his sinless life. And then we looked at his sacrificial death. On yesterday and the day before, we saw how that Christ died and that his blood was offered for the sins of the whole world. Now, I'm aware of the fact that there are many who teach that Christ did not ascend and offer his blood until after his resurrection. But I give you three reasons for me believing that he ascended and offered that blood immediately after his death. Let me say to you, first of all, there is not one single type in the Old Testament of slaying an animal and the blood being caught and kept for three days and three nights before the blood was offered. Number two, it took that blood on the altar of heaven to get the Old Testament saints out of paradise and move them into the glory world. And of course, the day of the resurrection of Christ after his resurrection the bodies of many of the saints that slept arose and went into the city and were seen of many. And then thirdly, the portion of Scripture that gives me the greatest indication of that is in Leviticus chapter number 23. In that chapter, we have what we know as God's prophetic calendar. And there are seven feasts of Jehovah that gives us the schedule of God's calendar. And they began with the offering of the blood, which was the Passover. The lamb was killed, and the blood was applied. Following that comes the feast of the unleavened bread. And then following that, third in order, was the feast of the first fruits. Now, the feast of the first fruits is the feast of the resurrection. And that is fulfilled in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you get Christ rising from the dead before he offers the blood, then you destroy God's order in this calendar of God's prophetic events given to us here in Leviticus chapter number 23. So be that as may, he died, his blood was shed, and now then some of the scribes and Pharisees remember that Jesus spoke of his resurrection 
So they go to Pilate and say to him, We remember that when this deceiver was alive, he said that he would rise again. And Pilate said to them, You have a seal. Make it as sure as you can. And so they guard the tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's almost humorous when you think about guarding the tomb of a dead man whom they do not believe will rise again, but they guard it anyway in fear that he will rise. And some of them are afraid that the disciples will come and steal his body away and they'll be made to look foolish because they did not guard the tomb. But anyway, they set the guard around the tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to say to you, my friend, that guard did not keep the Lord Jesus Christ in the grave. I want you to notice in the book of Matthew, chapter number 28, and I'm reading the first seven verses, the Bible said, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn, toward the first day of the week came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him the keepers did shake, and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here. He is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay and go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he go up before you in the Galilee. There shall you see him. Lo, I have told you. Now, it's been said down through the years, but one of the greatest bombshells to ever explode in the history of mankind is the bodily resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the way, his resurrection was bodily, and it could only be bodily. You say, why, preacher? You cannot bury a spirit, and you cannot bury a soul. And for those who would say they believe in a spirit resurrection, then they really reveal their own folly and their own ignorance of the truth of the Word of God. Because you cannot bury a spirit, and you cannot bury a soul, but you do bury the body. When Christ was taken down off of the cross and placed in Joseph's borrowed tomb, somebody said, why did they put him in the borrowed tomb, preacher? Well, he knew he would only need it three days and three nights. You see, our Lord had said back in Matthew chapter number 12 and verse number 40, he said, for as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And so our Lord knew that he would not need that tomb for a long period of time, only three days and three nights, only 72 hours. And so they place his body in Joseph's borrowed tomb. As I said earlier, the keepers set the seal around it. They're afraid the disciples will come and steal away the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
But I want to remind you, it was not the disciples that was going to steal him away. No, he would rise in his own power to the glory and honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible said in Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 11, the Word of God said, But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. So it was the Spirit that resurrected that body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you remember when Christ died on the cross, he said to the Father, Father, into thy hand I commend my Spirit. And we know that the Spirit goes back to the Father immediately at the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we read in the book of Acts, chapter number 2, a quotation from the Psalms. The Bible said in verse number 25, For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thy suffer thine holy one to see corruption. And of course we learn here from the word of God that prophecy was not David speaking of himself, because he was still in the tomb. But it was God speaking about his son, the Lord Jesus, whose soul would not be left in hell. So his spirit goes back to God who gave it, and then his soul goes to hell. And then we know his body is placed there in the borrowed tomb. And for three days and three nights, Christ's body is in the tomb. During this time, the Spirit of God takes the blood, puts it on the mercy seat in heaven, and pays the bill for the Old Testament saints. Then, if I may use our language, takes the receipt and tells them they're free. And it transfers paradise from the heart of this earth unto the third heaven. And at that appointed time, that same Spirit of Christ comes back by that grave and gets that body up and is reunited, spirit and body and soul, and walks and talks among men for 40 days after his resurrection. Now, there are those who would say, well, preacher, is the resurrection that important? Let me give you two thoughts if I have time today. The Bible said in Romans chapter 10, verse number 9 and 10, Concerning salvation, the Bible said that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, verse number 9 teaches us, that a person must believe that God raised Christ from the dead in order to be saved by the marvelous grace of God. And then we read in the book of 1 Corinthians 
chapter number 15. The Bible said, Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, I'll say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we've testified of God that he raised Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. But in verse number 17, that if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, and you're yet in your sins. So without the resurrection of Christ, there is no salvation. The Bible said in Romans chapter 4, and in verse number 25, the Bible said he was delivered for our offenses, but he rose again for our justification. So my friend, the resurrection of Christ is a vital, important part of the gospel and of our salvation. I'll have to deal with it on tomorrow. But Paul mentions in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 uh, that the gospel consists of three parts. Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and he was buried, and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Father, take the word, use it to your glory. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Behold, the fields are white. It's harvest time. Well, I trust the broadcast was a blessing to you today. Let me remind you that Harvest Time is a listener-supported radio ministry, and I need to hear from a number of you. Would you pray for the radio ministry and then write to us and share with us in the financial burden of this radio work? Simply address that letter to Harvest Time, 179 Promised Land Drive, Resaca, Georgia, 30735. That's Harvest Time, 179 Promised Land Drive, Resaca, Georgia, 30735. And be sure to join us each weekday, Monday through Friday, at this same time. God bless you. Until the next broadcast. I do not wait. It's great.